0: back. (音楽) We'll be right back. And this is Andy. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we watch whatever we feel like watching, ever, (laughs) and tell you about it in a way that we feel is constructive for you and for us. Mm -hmm. I like that.
1: Uh, today we are going to watch the pilot, the first episode of the reality show Kid Nation. Uh, the title of the pilot is I'm Trying to Be a Leader Here, which is a loaded gun that's going to go off here shortly. Um, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can watch the entire series on
0: Check <laughs> out child endangerment coming your way, people.
1: You can watch the entire series on YouTube and it's really good quality videos. It's weird. Um, yeah, it's
0: strange. The original air so date is, was September.
1: The original air date was September 19th, 2007 and was created by Tom Foreman.
0: Yes, and of course this doesn't make, it wouldn't make any sense to do You Wrote What, so now it's time for You Wrote What, Special Edition. You went on to do what? Yay! Uh, <laughs> I looked into what like the host had been on and, yes. and what other people created. Not Not too terribly much. There's a lot of the host went on to like, be an executive producer on a lot of very strange things, but I, I, I let go of all of that. Instead, I looked at what happened to these kids. Oh, good. Uh, in in career wise, and really only appears that a few of them leveraged their Kid Nation exposure to, uh, and turned it into Hollywood fame. Oh, really? Yes. And far and away, the most successful was Daniel Keary, or as he's <laughs> known on this show, DK.
1: Oh, DK from Uh, Chicago.
0: DK from Chicago. He starred in one episode of Chicago Med and then was a series regular on Chicago Fire, which, if I know anything, means he only needs a Chicago police procedural and he'll have the full Chicago trifecta.
1: (laughs) They call that the Dick Wolf hat trick. (laughs) Dick Wolf
0: (laughs) hat trick. That's actually something else. You want to look in the (laughs) Urban Dictionary for that. You don't want to know where the hat goes and what a dick wolf actually is.
1: (laughs) Well, before that was you
0: wrote what special edition. You went on to do what? You went on
1: to do what? So this is our first reality show episode we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I have so much to say about it, but first let's talk about our snacks because we both have snacks today.
0: Absolutely. I'll go first because mine's not
1: as exciting as yours.
0: That sounds fine. Well, that sounds that's not true, but that sounds fine.
1: (laughs) I have s'mores. Chips Ahoy, Chewy Chips Ahoy, S'mores. I noticed the other day at the grocery store, Chewy Chips Ahoy has come out with a whole bunch of flavors. There's Reese's one, there's a Red Velvet one, and of course, you know, we uh, we're under that witch's curse. That mutual witches curse where anything that says s'mores we have to buy and try. It's
0: true. So the package says,
1: (laughs) "No." I feel like I really have to carry the weight of this curse for both of us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It says heat for a treat, but I'm not going to heat these cookies up. I'm just going to try them.
0: Are you a? Are you or your family, be it your family with Miles or your your home family, is anyone that you know under the impression that soft baked Chips Ahoy are better than regular Chips Ahoy? I
1: believe Miles Pulaski is under that impression.
0: I, I well, prefer the soft ch- uh, chocolate chip cookie than a than a hard chocolate chip cookie. Yes. Well, I honestly I prefer just a different
1: sound producer. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer honestly none of them. I like to get the. It's so easy to get the bake, break, and bake dough that takes ten minutes to cook, and they're like yeah. thousands of sure. times better than anything that comes in a package. But this is for science, so I bought them.
0: Yeah. So we are going to temporarily revive the Josh Miller uh, Memorial Snack Time Hour, except he's still alive. Hooray! Snack. Josh, our good, good friend of the pod, uh, sent us a bunch of snacks. Uh, snacks from his trip to New Zealand. Ooh. So we've got a bunch of New Zealand snacks that Josh was in New Zealand right when the quarantine came down and he escaped New Zealand, which I'm sure <laughs> would have been the best place to be uh, and came back to America. I feel like that that's a Nicolas fire.
1: Cage movie that didn't get made, Escape from New Zealand. <laughs> Escape from
0: New Zealand. I, if it's, it's a good movie if like 10 minutes in, it's like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> this place right? is great. So uh, Josh has gotten uh, me... The brand is called Double D. That's okay. not my fault. <laughs> Double D, pioneering healthier sweets. They are sugar-free marshmallows, oh. all natural colors and flavors. And Chelsea, uh-huh. colors and flavors, superfluous use.
1: Uh, oh, colors right. Extra. Flavors. I mean, bonus. Bonus uh, Bonus. vowels.
0: Truly. And instead of calories uh, per serving, it lists energy per serving. Oh. they are... Per, per serving, there are 27 uh, kilojoules oh. of energy.
1: <laughs> you can power a light so bulb with those marshmallows. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm going to try it. Um, I'm certainly not going to do anything today, so I can't test it out <laughs> myself. Uh, yeah, vanilla and strawberry flavored confectionery. Double D delicious lollies because they are naturally sweetened with stevia. So
1: oh, very there cool. There you go.
0: Okay, well, let's get to snacking. Let's do it. I've got hope. I've got hope. In different areas. code.
1: Area. Area. code. Oh, now you thought I was just oh no, 0 The cold, cold. Worldwide. Yet act like y'all know. It's the abominable old man. Globe, try international postman. Name a big dope man. 718-202. That's in small cities and states. I owe you 901. Matter of fact,
0: 305. I'll jump off the deep. needs itself Oh, My cell phone just so, Chelsea, how are those forbidden sugar treats that you had there?
1: They are not great. I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh, I also think, okay, the whole thing is it's a, it's a chewy chips ahoy with chocolate in the middle. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I bet they I bet yeah. they are better heated up. But then it says that it has marshmallow flavored chips. And hmm. I, what I suspect, I've now picked out a couple of chips from a second cookie to test this theory. I think they're white chocolate. I don't that's, know how you make a, whi- a marshmallow flavored chip and white chocolate. As we've said many times, is a lie. So it's a terrible lie. Um, I'm not it's, a huge as fan. As
0: Nails once called it, a terrible lie. A
1: terrible lie.
0: That joke is that joke is for one person. <laughs> um, yeah, that's you know it, it would make more sense because I'm sure. Instead of creating a whole new type of chip, they were just like, hey, we got these white chocolate chips. What should we do with just them? Pretend. Nobody likes them. We'll pretend they're marshmallows. Nobody can call us wrong. Yeah. White chocolate tastes like...
1: A no, lie. No. It's just a cipher. A lie. Um, I hope your sugar-free marshmallows were better.
0: They were okay. I sort of went outside my body while I was eating <laughs> them and saw God. me. And my posture and expression was like... I pictured myself uh, you know what? Here's the here's the same experience. It's I recently tried, um recently like two years ago, I tried uh Turkish Delight. Yeah. The the treat made famous by The Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Right. In which a child uh sacrifices his family in oh. order to get some Turkish delight. Yeah. He's like, please kill my brothers and sisters. I am begging you, <laughs> just give me a little Turkish delight. So Growing up, I was like, "Well, that must be the best treat in the world if you're willing to again sacrifice your flesh and blood in right. order to get it." And then I tried it, and it's fucking miserable. <laughs> uh, it's it's the worst. It's like n- jelloey nonsense that barely got any sugar in it. It's truly like World <laughs> War Two treats uh these marshmallows were similar to that and then it was like i can almost understand like they're trying and yeah there's like a little bit of sweetness to them but it's mostly like
1: it's a shame that we both got duped by fake marshmallows that's the common theme that's
0: it truly is i mean i'm not duped it says it right on the the front there they spelled colors and flavors wrong so how much (laughs) could they do that right it was fine and it tastes like stevia it tastes like that sort of sugariness Which you realize when you take away like the pure sugar from a marshmallow, it's kind of a weird thing to eat. It's like eating a styrofoam thing. So I would say maybe marshmallows is where you stay away from the sugar free idea. Mm, Because they're just sugar, right? Yeah, it's just that's delightful sugar. Uh, You should watch, uh, you should look on packages of marshmallows. They include instructions on how to eat the marshmallows safely which is cut the marshmallows into three equal pieces and then eat them. Yeah, it's for real. Because people are choked, have I
1: guess they have to legally do
0: that. 100%. And I guess kids, you know, but again, Whatever. we need a new plague in this world. <laughs> um, this does ha- not have that. We're having a plague.
1: We're having oh, a plague. Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> this does not have that. Um Uh, warning and so it has this warning excessive consumption may have a laxative effect and or cause stomach discomfort which as somebody who's lived in the sugar free world yeah that's true that's the the double edged sword of sugar free snacks is like hey enjoy it now (laughs) right all, all comes out in the wash uh, Chelsea, let's stop talking about poops and talk about an episode of reality television. That's
1: my motto. Yeah, the premise—the <laughs> premise of this show, which you remember yeah. when it aired in 2007. I this didn't register on my radar. I would have been in college or in um, grad school. I did this didn't make a blip on my radar. But you remember when this when this was being promoted?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. And it was really it was it was still like early Survivor days back then, mm-hmm. like. Survivor was what, like 2002, 2003? Yeah. So we were just getting to like, you know, what else could we do? And this was a big jump from like, hey, adults started on an island. Well, what about kids in the middle of nowhere?
1: Yeah, it was a big jump. And a reading. I went down a real wormhole of, of reading the things that were written about it at the time. And everybody, it was the early days of competitive reality TV. And people were just like, what? Let's try a bunch of stuff and see what works. Yeah. So the premise of the show... Is that 40 kids, ages 8 to 15, will have 40 days to build a brave new world um, in the middle of the desert without any adults, allegedly, to help or hinder their efforts turning <laughs> right. a ghost town, allegedly, into their new home. <laughs> right. Okay.
0: Well, let's stop here.
1: And <laughs> we'll, all,
0: we'll all identify the fact that reality shows are the least real thing oh, that ever happened.
1: Oh, 100%. So this um, aired on CBS for only one season. Yeah. It was an experiment that the creator Tom Foreman really wanted to do like he wanted it to be about society and a societal experiment and the the brass at CBS was like no it's got to be like a game show like a competitive thing. Yeah. And then they yeah. came up with this sort of mishmash thing that's halfway between a social experiment and a game show and that's that's what uh, kid nation turned out to be.
0: Yeah, you can really you can really feel that mishmash as well. There's a lot of times where my notes are just like I'm confused about what the point of this is.
1: Right. I didn't know anything about this going into it. I didn't read anything about it before I started watching it. After I started watching it, I read a lot about it. And I would like to mm-hmm. before we get into the setup, I would like oh, to sure. um preface this with just a small part of the waiver that the parents signed no uh, which the smoking chelsea. gun obtained and published in 2007
0: oh my god what a wonderful <laughs> what a wonderful treat oh chelsea i am i am listening with all of
1: my ears yes so this is just a, just a portion of the waiver I understand that the program may take place in inherently dangerous travel areas that may expose the minor and other participants to a variety of unmarked and uncontrollable hazards and conditions that may cause the minor serious bodily injury, illness, or death, including, without limitation, general exposure to extremes of heat and cold, water hazards, crevasses, cliffs, rock avalanches, encounters with wild or domesticated animals and Acts of God, e.g. Earthquakes. Every parent (laughs) signed this for this show that basically says... 40 kids. If anything kills Uh, my kids, CBS is not responsible.
0: Truly, truly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's just... like This show is the result of a trickle-down of bad ideas and bad choices. Uh, And loopholes. Let's do this. Loopholes in child
1: labor laws, loopholes in the AFTRA agreements that don't characterize reality show performers as actors. Uh, Lots of loopholes were exploited to get this on the air.
0: Yeah. This doesn't feel like there's, there's a reason that when I'm watching this, um, I I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, a a fun competitive Lord of the Flies <laughs> is the first thing that comes to mind. Or, and I, we don't need to get into it, but this starts out with a school bus driving through the desert, taking kids to this new destination, which is exactly how the original Japanese story Battle Royale, upon which you the know, Hunger, Hunger games. games pretty much based itself is just a bunch of kids. And it looks like these kids were like on their way to school and somebody took a right turn and was like, now you're in a frontier town.
1: <laughs> well, is it was, did this come out before battle Royale? Cause it battle definitely Royale, came out before the hunger the, games.
0: Sure. Battle Royale is from the, I think the nineties, if I'm not mistaken. The okay. book is very old.
1: So, uh, let's just get into it because as with most reality shows, we don't have an ordinary world. All the contestants are thrust into the right into the special world. And we start with the call to adventure. Um, we meet our host, Jonathan Karsh, who looks like he was made in a lab from TV host Parts. Uh, and Truly. he he introduces us to Bonanza City, New Mexico, or what's <laughs> left of it anyway. He's like, This was a go this was a town that some frontiersmen and pioneers tried to make work and they their society died, and hopefully these kids can make a better society. This is a movie yeah. set. This is straight up a movie set um where oh, yeah. Uh, Scenes from Silverado were filmed and some other Westerns. So he says the kids are city kids, country kids, rich, poor, and everything in between. And they're going to try to create a society that's more successful than their forefathers. And our first talking head on the bus, they cut to Jimmy, who's from New Hampshire. He's eight. He's the youngest kid on the bus. And his first comment is, I think I'm going to die out here. I
0: think I'm going to die out here.
1: Jimmy read the fucking way out
0: here. Yeah. Jimmy was like, I don't think you should sign this, guys.
1: <laughs> I don't think I'm Jimmy's, gonna die out Jimmy, here.
0: Jimmy's on his way to the town and he's already looking for a way out.
1: <laughs> so like, the host uh, well. who I'm just calling I'm JK kidding. for the rest of this thing. Don't matter. Don't he matter. makes sure to tell us that there are no adults out here, except of course, the army of producers and cameramen and sound engineers etc yeah. who are needed on set to produce a reality show. And Truly. um Jared Eleven from Georgia, who's gonna oh, turn out to be one of my favorite kids on this bus. He's
0: a hot far and away. He yeah. says,
1: I'm not gonna lie here. I'm nervous as heck.
0: Jared, uh, it turns out, I did a little research. It turns out this wasn't actually a 50-year-old Jewish lady <laughs> who got mixed up in the whole thing. <laughs> he is he is fucking delightful, but he is like, he's new. he's got this thick New York accent. He's very, from Georgia. Is he? Yeah, but right, he
1: could well be a Jewish. He's got film. a very,
0: like, I'm, maybe New York's not the right, uh, he's got a very strong, like, uh, Yiddish kind of yeah. accent. What do you yeah. say? Yeah,
1: I mean, he. I think he is Jewish uh, from just sort of some of the things he says. and.
0: Oh, you mean like, in a minute when he's going to say, oy oy oy?
1: Yeah, that was it. No, there yeah, are yeah. moments where you look at him, he's doing something, like at one point he's just riding around in a circle screaming, and you're like... <laughs> that, is the, that is the kid who, when you're in junior high school, everyone is going to be like, that child is a pariah. And then when he gets to college, he's going to invent Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is yeah. a kid that no one will appreciate. Like, I appreciate him so much as an adult, but I can totally understand the other kids being like, Jared's fucking weird. Um, yeah. Is there a refusal of the call? No, you're not allowed. Your parents signed no, a waiver, so there to. is no yeah. refusal. <laughs> they of
0: they the had call. the chance to refuse this call, but no. And now there's an NDA, so you can't even talk about the call.
1: So now we have the meeting with the mentor. The kids meet with JK, the host, as they get off the bus. And then they, that's when they find out that they got on this bus. They've been riding this whole way for however many hours from the airport, thinking that they were all equals, but no. Now you're about to be introduced to your leaders, four kids who are coming in on a fucking helicopter, two girls and two boys, who are the town council. These kids didn't even know there was a town council until they got off the bus. And didn't know
0: that there was a helicopter option for getting to town. (laughs) No. This is the weirdest. (laughs) This is this show every now and then, like points itself at like a a greater socio-political understanding. And this is the first moment that it does that. Well, the second moment is where it says rich kids and zooms in on this pretty girl on the bus and then says poor kids and sort of like pans back and it's like, yeah, the rest of them. (laughs) Um.
1: There are several times where it's like we these kids there we're going to see what kind of society it forms, except that we've put the entire society together before they got here. We're going to foist it upon them. So it's like, right. okay, if if you really want to see what's going to happen, dump them all out in the desert and see if they have an election. Like, see what happens. Yeah.
0: Put all those kids together and say, here's where your town is. Like, the the only moment you get of that is... When they first get to town, before they put any structure in place, and it's like, we have to figure out how to cook food, and we watch a lot of macaroni die in vain.
1: <laughs> it's true, but they already um, have a town council. Like, they've already appointed four kids leaders. That's,
0: that's Right. It's, it's, like I was saying, that's as close as we get. I think the biggest thing to understand about Kid Nation is the producers, editors, everybody is walking this very thin line of, like... What makes exciting reality shows at this time is people in mortal danger. That's right. the survivor where it's like, oh, there's a snake or I might starve to death. But you can't do that with kids because it's not fun to watch. You'll just be like, oh, those kids are about to die. Yeah. So what
1: what results is they do all this promo and we'll talk about it more at the end because mm-hmm. I did a ton of research, but they promise these kids are going to live totally off the grid, no contact with their parents, no contact with any adults, see if they form their own society, but you can't actually do that with kids. So the show ends up being both way more produced than they want you to think and way less safe than it should have been at the same time. Um, Yeah,
0: they're going to show you very light um, peril. But yes, because like, there's a
1: lot of peril off camera that's happening. Yeah, that's not, that's not part of it. That's shot.
0: There's absolutely no way you can watch this and be like, "They're fine." <laughs> you can't it's just true. set kids loose on anywhere and be like, "That's fine." <laughs> that's fine. Let alone like a fake Western town with like you know tastefully placed debris and stuff yeah, like I hope that. Yeah, they all it's got like their tennis just, shots. I, how many times did I get hurt on my street as exactly. a kid? Exactly.
1: Well, my you know, thing, my thing. They say the kids are eight to 15 and i'm gonna bring this up again a couple times someone's getting <laughs> yeah. someone's getting pregnant like kids get pregnant living Chelsea. at home with their parents at 15 oh sometimes you they
0: are you shipping are you shipping greg and sophia i'm is shipping no
1: one for nothing and i think sophia's a lesbian <laughs> and i think she's better for it but
0: <laughs> probably
1: right. but i was like is someone gonna give them a sex ed talk like is it jk's responsibility like who's is there gonna be Oof. a rule like no girls in the boys bunks after 10 or you know like no nothing okay cool so
0: they but, but they really play that up throughout because i didn't even think about that because they're all they cut away to kids going "Ooh, gross girls Ooh, gross boys often enough that I'm like, mm, kids.
1: But that's the eight and nine-year-olds. Right. That's not the 15-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, you're, right.
0: you're 100% right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's- a fifteen year old. There's a 15-year-old man on here, and his <laughs> name is Greg. <laughs> yes.
1: So there, the, here's the town council, which JK acts like this could change at any time. Like they might have an election, or they might something, something. But I looked, yeah. and it doesn't. So the four kids, whose names are forgettable, so I've given them all nicknames, are- Oh, good for you. Mike, a capable Boy Scout, 11, mm-hmm. from Washington, who I call glasses. Taylor, a pageant queen. 10, from Georgia, who I call pageant. And Jay, That's fair.
0: Can I interrupt you right there and tell you my favorite quote from Taylor, the pageant queen?
1: Oh yeah, the meme.
0: At her introduction, if I could make this world a better, if I could make this a better world, I'd bring world peace to Africa with all the orphans, especially to Iraq. That's the number one place that needs world, world peace.
1: peace. Yeah. this I thought you were going to say her immortal quote, I'm a Beauty queen, I don't do dishes when she's on kitchen duty. Um, Anjay, who's the only non-white kid on the council, a genius Spelling Bee champ, 12, from Texas, who I call Spelling Bee, and Laurel, our respected student leader, 12, from Massachusetts, who I call Wahlberg. (laughs) Wahlberg? Because she sounds like a fucking Wahlberg. She has the sickest Boston accent ever. Yeah,
0: she's like a last-minute... SNL character that's like I can't do a Boston accent. Well, just try something, Laurel, Laurel Boston Strong,
1: Wahlberg, so- Wahlberg.
0: That's fine. These are good. So again, it's it's glasses, uh, pageants, spelling bee,
1: spelling bee, and spelling
0: bee and Wahlberg. These so- are, these are great. These are great <laughs> names. These are our town council. They'll be making the decisions. And uh, are pulled aside immediately and said, hey, kids, don't tell anybody about this, which is not great. You should not have uh, secrets with strangers.
1: So in true mentor fashion, JK points out that the kids have a bunch of wagons full of 40 days worth of supplies. So here's the meeting with the mentor. Here's everything you need to succeed, whatever. But then in a dick move, he tells them they have to haul those supplies, quote, just a few miles down the dirt road to Bonanza City. Which in yeah. in actuality this is it isn't over a mile that they have to haul these very heavy they, wagons. They,
0: they pull back and it's like you can't fake how far away this is. Yeah. Like they pull back in the helicopter shot and you can see the kids, but you cannot see the town and it's like that's definitely at least a mile yeah. in right there.
1: And then he tells them that if they can't handle how hard this pioneer life is, they're gonna have a town hall meeting in a few days and at the town hall meeting any of them can decide to go home. Um. Yeah. So now they have that in their heads too. Like, okay, if this is too hard, I can bow out. So then he, Absolutely. the kids start to circle the wagons literally. And how, how are they? They have some <laughs> goats that they have to, to wrangle, they wrangle
0: some goats, the go- goats Greg. immediately
1: get loose and Greg. Yeah. yeah. The tallest kid, the oldest kid, he has lasso skills cause he's a farm boy from Nevada and he's able yeah. to catch the goats and put little leashes on them. And I'm like, okay, some, one of these kids has a useful skill. We we really have crossed into this... I mean, we've been, been in the special world the whole time, but now JK is going to mm. up the stakes by giving the four council kids the following instructions.
0: Well, they've got a decision to make. Uh, it's... He says every few days. So it doesn't, it sounds like there will probably be one every episode.
1: Yeah, there's one I'm every guessing. episode, which I think is about every five days.
0: Makes sense. So uh, there is a prize for the kid that the council decides has done the best job. And it is a gold star that's worth its weight in gold 24 karat gold. It's worth $20,000. I doubt that it's just a fucking gold star, but it means that the kid has won $20,000. $20,000. This is in 2007 before money became worthless.
1: I I was like, what the fuck is this? This is about to become Lord of the Flies real quick. And then my next note was, are they going to divide them into teams too? Are they trying to create a bloodbath? Um, they spoiler really, alert, they are going to divide them into teams. They are.
0: And uh, develop a class system <laughs> that's yes. really unfair.
1: He also says that they can't tell anyone about the gold stars. And he says, yeah. we don't want to start a riot on the wagon train. And I'm like, A, yes, you fucking do, because that would be great reality yeah. TV. And B, the first time you give one of them away, unless you wait the entire series to announce what they're worth then everyone is gonna know at the first town hall meeting that they're all competing for these $20,000 stars. And that is the kind of thing that inhibits the creation of a society in which everyone is working for the common good. Putting a price on being the quote best person as determined by four random strangers. And
0: putting a hefty monetary value on it as well. Right.
1: Like what if we voted on who got the stars? Like what if every week at the town hall meeting every kid got to vote on who No, it's just gonna be these four little runs the whole time? Cool, cool, cool.
0: It's weird. What a weird lack of democracy there (laughs) is. So much. There is
1: no democracy in Kid Nation. So they also goddamn
0: oligarchy is what it is. (laughs)
1: They also fucking they get the, the instru-
0: 1% of kids.
1: They also get the instruction that when they get to town they need to go to the chapel. There they'll find an allegedly old book that will give them more information about Just what to an do. Old
0: book. <laughs>
1: Just an Just old book. Just an old book. So table that that there's a book in the chapel that they're supposed to be going yeah. to. They they okay.
0: should have brought that up later because when they get to the book I'm like, "Oh yeah, the fucking book." <laughs> so we now take you to this <laughs> terrible wagon train which I if you put me together with 40 adults, I'm sure this would be fucking miserable. <laughs> it's, so it's 40 bad. kids like trying to move a ton of shit. And like, you know, it's it's kids. They're a bunch of kids. That's the problem is they're a bunch of kids. They don't know what they're doing.
1: Or yeah, They also strength. have goats and chickens and Lord yep. eggs. Lord knows what else they're trying to get. And then uh, a wagon immediately tumps over and I stop the video to take a screen cap. And that's when I see my first adult. And not, <laughs> right. not to ruin the magic of the show that won the 2007 Emmy for Child Endangerment, but we're 7.5 <laughs> minutes into this thing and have already found yeah. an adult in a frame. So there yeah, you are adults watching. don't want to dispel the fantasy,
0: like, like the fantasy of Stockholm Syndrome. You don't yeah. want to like whisk away that magic. I
1: fully believe these adults are not helping these kids.
0: No. But, but they, they are,
1: are around.
0: Yeah. They're not going to let a kid die. If they can help it,
1: I mean, they could. The parents signed a fucking waiver that said they could.
0: It's true. So we have our first bit of drama, which looks like they've had to reshoot it, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, Most successful uh, Kid Nation kid to date, Daniel (laughs) Keary or DK, falls to the ground. He's hurt. He's Chicago hurt. (laughs) <laughs> he's got a Chicago cramp. So he takes a Chicago break.
1: Yeah. And I feel like
0: he probably like his leg hurt, and he had one of the adults look at it. And they're like, well, we have to reenact this. It just fucking fall over. Yeah. According to and Michael, they
1: did a lot of, they did a lot of that. They did a lot of reshoots. He says he's having a muscle spasm or something. It's not serious, but the kids are kids. None of them know what to do. So they just gather around in the dirt and yell at him and yell at each other because it's all they yeah. know how to do.
0: That's, yeah, that's what Lord of the Flies is. That's half of that book is kids yelling at each other and then a fat kid with glasses gets killed. Um, they, uh, Greg uh, puts DK on the wagon and they get moving again. There's a there's the beginnings of the squabble between Greg and uh, Mike, uh, Boy
1: Scout. Yeah, uh, yeah, Glasses, we call him, Mike. Glasses, who, excuse who me. Who is, uh, uh, at 11, already a talented bureaucrat because he's he,
0: insufferable.
1: He's I my least stand favorite member of the town council. Ugh. And Greg, who previously lassoed the goats, so one point for usefulness for Greg, heaves the injured DJ up, uh, DK up onto a wagon, and right. and then helps to pull. And so Greg's actually at least using his bodily strength as the oldest and biggest kid for something useful. There's this whole dust up where. Glasses is just standing there like a, a, a tra- air traffic controller, just, waving yeah. at the wagons and being like, It's that way. Like, they all don't know how to follow a road. And everybody's yeah. kind of grumbling and being like, Why isn't he helping? He's a leader. Exactly. Why isn't he helping? And Greg is like, Cool. If the, what you're doing is so important, then I'll direct traffic and you haul this wagon. And Glasses immediately fucking gets Glass real hurt like, about oh, it.
0: Okay, yeah, I'll do it. That's fine. And then can't fucking move in an inch and go, an Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs>
1: And then he's immediately they cut to him sitting on a rock as a talking head, and he's like, Greg's trying to break me down. And I was like, no, Greg had a valid point, is really what's yeah. going
0: on here. There's nothing of you to break <laughs> down. You are at your most basic component right now, glasses. This is oh. it.
1: So then a kid oh, was that
0: too harsh? <laughs> this kid's a nightmare. <laughs> he's so bad. I hope that he I hope that he turned it around. But we all know this kind of kid who's like, I'm in charge now. And he is the loudest and he brings it back to himself as though he is the president of the town. And it is miserable. He
1: thinks that being a leader is just telling people what you want them to do. That's his idea of what being a leader is. So there's a kid named Alex from Nevada. Who's 11, who wears tiny square transitions lenses and is a new, another fave of mine.
0: Oh yes. Alex, (laughs) he's got some wisdom there where he mostly calls out kids on their bullshit.
1: At this point he says he, they get to the town and he says, I feel sort of weird because I thought maybe there would be adults. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, Certainly there there should be adults, right? Right. He's Which, if you think about it, he is saying, to an adult. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this talking head. They're like, what did you think? And he's like, I thought you guys would be helping us. I thought
1: you'd be helping it. out. You, the guy that put this microphone on me. You, the guy behind the camera. Call you, the crazy. producer, prompting me, asking me questions. I thought you'd be helping us, but you're just standing but around. But you know
0: me a 9-year-old child with this imagination <laughs> right. that adults would be responsible <laughs> fuck me they make it to town and yes. they have to choose a bunkhouse uh, which are very like they're messy but in a very set decorated messy yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. a sh- there's a full chandelier on the ground and right. it's like oh this place is derelict
1: it's it's 10% actual gross 90% art direction gross Truly. Everything is broken and there are no beds and the kids are like grossed out, but they do find some really thin mattresses, like one mattress mm-hmm. for every kid conveniently left in the ghost town. Um, yeah. and some, what? some bossy girl who I love, but whose name we aren't told in this episode suggests oh. to Glasses that the town council should divide everyone's into bunks so that each group can concentrate on cleaning up their own bunk. Cause right now kids are just wandering from bunk to bunk, not knowing where they're supposed to yeah. go. Yeah. And,
0: and, glasses and Glasses is, is like, like man,
1: we'll wait till after dinner. Who's going to cook it after dinner? dinner when
0: everybody's nice and tired and doesn't right. feel like doing things.
1: Exactly. And I was like, listen to the bossy girl. Ah, and then I thought, who's going to cook dinner? So they find an old, again in quotes, handwritten cookbook. Just, and just an cookbook. Immediately, immediately Spelling Bee wants to make candy. Because there's a recipe for candy yeah, on the yeah. first fucking page. Is like, God rock candy. Fucking
0: think it through, dummy. They put that in there to fucking trick you.
1: And then I was So like, that you would be the dumb kid. And then I was like, wait, wait, wait. Has anyone been to the chapel yet? Because they said to do that first. No, no one's listening to the bossy no. girl. No one's listening to me. No one's listening to anything. And so they cut. <laughs> so they're in the kitchen trying to figure out how to feed 40 kids. And there's, there's a shot of some kids sadly just chipping away at the top of a tin can with like a screwdriver or something. Just sort of yep. like poking at it while... This is my favorite Yelling! He is yelling. This is soap, this not butter.
0: <laughs> this is soap, not butter. And there's a, there's a talking head where Greg's like, "Yeah, these kids don't know what the fuck they're doing." <laughs> and those two shots are of under him saying, "These kids might not know what they're doing." Like it's cartoonish the way this kid is just jabbing at the top <laughs> of a can. With a can opener, like an old timey can opener. He's just like, I don't know how to do this. So <laughs> they're going to fucking poison
1: parts. themselves. They're going to get pregnant yeah. and they're going to poison themselves, is what, what's about to happen. And, the and their CBS parents will be signed a waiver. Covered. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sophia. All right, so
0: let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about this cooking ordeal because immediately people are like, let's make macaroni. So they get a big pot full of water and then just start dumping handfuls of macaroni in They fill
1: it. up a stock pot. To the top with dry macaroni. It's also burn got water burn. in it, but it's got so much macaroni in it that it will never cook. They would still be yeah. trying to cook that much, ma- that much macaroni now, 13 years later. So Truly. Sophia, who's 14, she's from Florida, she takes and if charge. if they're still
0: there today, they would be kicked out of Kid Nation, <laughs> because you cannot live in Kid Nation <laughs> if you are not a kid. <laughs> so, like so Children of the Corn.
1: Yeah, where you have to be a corn. So Sophia, <laughs> <laughs> so Sophia uh, takes the cookbook and and the kids are sort of running around like dumping stuff in stuff. And she's like, yeah. look, we have a cookbook. No one knows how to cook. Maybe we just follow a recipe. And I'm like, OK, great. Maybe someone older than 12 should have been put on the council, too, because we got kids Maybe. here as old as 15, but no one in on the council is older than 12.
0: Oh, I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah. So, my ideal counsel is like maybe we take the oldest kid, the youngest kid, and two in the middle. Maybe we elect them. None of this is considered. So, no. the kids, of course, begin to riot when they get hungry because they're starving. They've just hauled these wagons down yeah. a dirt road after being on a plane and a bus and who knows what else. And Sophia's doing her best, but they're just like, they're so impatient. And then the pasta comes out and it's mushy and they don't love it, but they don't complain because they're just like,
0: "Yeah, we all just seriously. Need food." I see that. I see that macaroni and I'm like kids. You don't. There's. There's worse ways for this to be. This could <laughs> right. have gone down so much worse. Oh, the texture's not great. Eat goddamn food. So they're <laughs> they're saved, and but everybody's kind of upset. My favorite thing is again one of the town council pageant. Is immediately upset and homesick and talks about going home. Yep. And she says she misses home, her bed, and eating meats. Yep, those
1: are her three things. Home. <laughs> those are
0: big three things. My bed. Eating used, meat. I used to get enough protein in my diet and now I haven't for one night. I want to Also, go home.
1: not a fucking vegetable to be seen. Everything they're no. going to eat in this episode is beige just for the rest of this episode. Surely. Maybe one day they'll earn vegetables uh, on a challenge, mm. but.
0: They'll they'll be given the choice between vegetables and a Nintendo 64, and they'll choose, <laughs> no, Nintendo choose a Nintendo 64, and then um, they'll just sit and look at it.
1: So Taylor's uh, pageant is just crying because she's so homesick, and she's so tired, and everyone's kind of miserable, and they're dirty, and Wahlberg is counseling her. They're having a heart-to-heart, and she's like, look... She looks at the camera and she's like, this is really hard on a young kid. This isn't going to be easy. This isn't a fun vacation for anybody. And I'm like, all right, Wahlberg. Wahlberg's in charge. Yeah. Um, so I already know the answer Do you think I had this. the
0: easiest time when I parked my car in god? <laughs> <laughs> I took practice.
1: I already know the answer to this. But is there an onset counselor or a therapist? No. It's just sure. going to be Wahlberg. Oh, Wahlberg is doing all the emotional <laughs> labor for Walberg the rest is, of this episode.
0: is... Well, let's let's get to um it might be a little bit later but jimmy uh eight-year-old jimmy is yeah. having a lot of homesickness issues as well and fucking Wahlberg is gonna be like i'll be your mother now yeah and it's like yeah you can just put I'm your mother and your father yeah it's like uh, you she's, know what i believe it
1: she's trying she's the most she's the most emotionally intelligent kid that we meet this episode so cut back to glasses, my least favorite 11-year-old in history. God. Pouting because nobody wants to have a town hall meeting after dinner cuz they all just want to go to bed. The kids are cranky, they're about to mutiny, and he's like, "I'm tired too, but I'm trying to be a leader here." Which trying to be a
0: leader here. Is here. the
1: title of the episode and also in his head means not listening to anybody else and dictating when, where, and why all the kids do everything. The kids confront Glasses and they're like, we all want to go to sleep. And finally, he just pouts and he's like, then leave. And as they file out, someone says, we're all going to die. Very loudly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone's really accepting their fate. So you come re- to the next I'm morning. Like, go ahead. I
1: probably shouldn't be rooting so hard for a mutiny against an 11-year-old, but this is what Jeez. Kid Nation has done to me. I'm so... Okay over glasses i really don't like him i think he he is the jared kushner of kid nation and i am not here for it
0: it's not your stockpile of treats it's our stockpile (laughs) of treats Uh, so next morning we wake up it's a new day and breakfast actually happens and they cut to some kids and this is where i'm surprised there are some kids like milking goats and they're like yeah i've got like five goats at home i know how to milk goats it's what we do.
1: Yeah, it's fucking 4-H it's like, training coming to the fore here. So glad these kids are here. Up.
0: Um, so everybody is excited about breakfast, uh, yeah. and uh, Sophia once again comes and saves the day and says everybody gets one pancake, and then you cut to Jared, little Jared. Oh, He's yeah. so excited and so wizened beyond his years. He's so excited about getting breakfast. He even says, like Martin Luther King said, <laughs> I have a dream.
1: It's about and pancakes. Getting, but it's about yeah.
0: pancakes. And he gets there. there are no, there's no pancakes left.
1: Yeah. And he gets there. And also, Sophia didn't get a pancake because kids yeah. can't follow those rules. And what, like, I wrote, at what point did the adults operating the cameras and microphones intervene? Like, is, and also, yeah. is there like a craft services table set up for the adults just off camera that the kids can see, but they're not allowed to touch? The Fuck. Kids must
0: be fed something. Like, there must be, um, like, this is, this is still America. <laughs> like, there must be some rules protecting these kids and like okay cool you haven't eaten but you'll get this allotment of food so you'll at least meet your nutritional requirements for the day
1: yeah because they're also not eating any vegetables or any protein in this episode that we see and it's 5 days long they're just eating bread cuz that's all they can figure yeah. out how to make is like biscuits and pancakes and pasta which pasta. good for them for figuring that out at all but they're also also all they had on those wagons was like dry goods so yeah and we're told and like some of the mush eggs. that they're eating but they seem yeah, to be using the eggs to make pancakes. They're not like frying eggs for people.
0: Every time you see them talk about eggs, they cut to a very sad box that has like four eggs in it. So it might not be their deal. Oh, do you know like, what happens
1: in episode two? They get a oh, message no, uh, from the from the book of uh, Harry Potter's Child Endangerment Sorcerer's mm-hmm. Stone book that they need to kill their chickens. And then half the kids don't want to, and they try to stage a sit in in the chicken coop, and it's a whole thing. But they've been there no more than five days before they're told to kill their only source of protein. So
0: truly, yeah. it's Harry Potter in the chamber of my therapist's office.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, an argument breaks out among the kids about the food situation, and they're yelling, don't get in my face, and Glasses is trying to call the mess hall to order just by screaming, just screaming over the screaming. There's no real organization here. The kids are just complaining and talking over each other, and he's like, no, we're going to have a meeting, and they're all just like, everything sucks. And I have never wanted to intervene with a spreadsheet so badly in my life. Just like ask little, little, what people want to do, what they can do, what skills they have, and start assigning tasks. But instead, Glasses just keeps yelling at everybody until until he makes the mistake of getting in the face of Greg, the useful well, tall kid. Well, here's the thing.
0: Yeah, the the tallest kid in the in the entire town of Bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> it, Greg comes up to Mike and he's like, "Cool, you want to be a big fucking leader?" He was like, "You have to stop them from talking." You know, you have to get control. And Glasses is like, don't tell me. What, like immediately goes off on Greg. He's like, don't tell me what to do. And Greg's like, don't get in my face. And Mike stands on a table to get in Greg's <laughs> yes. face. And Greg's like, I said, don't get He pushes him away. He's like, don't get in my face. And Mike and, and Glasses is, is just like, he's trying to make this a thing. Yeah. Like, and then
1: they, I'm they cut to him as a. I'm stare down this big kid. Right. Yeah. They cut to, to him as a talking head, and he's crying, and he's like, Greg pushed me, and it's like, we saw you stand on a table to get in his face. Yeah,
0: bro. It's, Mike's classes is going to have a long life of complaining that his actions come back to bite him.
1: Right, and also <laughs> that he's just trying to be a leader when it's like, oh, you know what would be a, an awesome thing for a leader to do is like get to know any of these kids and like what they're good at yeah. and... Instead yeah. of just yelling at them and like trying to make them do what you think they should be doing, when you, the, your only qualifications are that you arrived via helicopter. That's, you that's are a, not democratically elected. Like,
0: but that's how the mayor of New Jersey is getting by these days, I think. <laughs> he probably thinks his dad's a leader. D- he probably does. He's probably, my dad's pretty much a town counselor in my yeah. town. So, Lincoln.
1: There are differing opinions amongst the kids about whether or not Greg is cool. Um there's there's some talking heads about whether Greg is as cool as Greg thinks he is. Right now I'm ready to vote for Greg for president because Yo, Greg has useful skills and he may be a bit of a dick, but
0: I'm ready to vote for Greg for uh absolute dictator. I feel <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fine. Get rid of these four town council nerds. Go with Greg. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Go, go with go with Greg. That's my go with Greg.
1: So Greg leaves rather than punch glasses in the face. He's just like I'm leaving. And uh. Spelling Bee yells, way to alienate the biggest kid in town, like the physically strongest, (laughs) oldest, most useful kid here, when he says, we could learn from him, which is like, maybe you can't, but you can definitely use his physical prowess to get shit done around town, and now he hates one-fourth of the town council, so great job. But then a fun thing happens, which is a wavy haired kid named Michael, 14, from Washington, takes the stage and he makes a motivational speech and brings a bit of order and hope to the proceedings. And the rest of the kids start chanting his name. He basically tells the kids they aren't just rapping themselves, they're rapping all kid kind in a grand social experiment. Michael Gregg 2020. That's
0: my ticket. Michael Gregg 2020. <laughs> Brains in the brawn. <laughs> yup. Yeah, Michael's the floppiest-haired kid in town, (laughs) and these speeches are halting and awkward. But he is saying it in such a way that it's like, yeah, this is about all kids. But he's like, this is about kids, and need to. It's about all kids, and so we need to do things. And it's like, okay, all right, yeah. But he also
1: finally made the connection between like how hard you work will be how happy you are and how comfortable yeah. you are in this town, which up to this point, has just been glasses yelling at people that, uh, that they need to listen to him. Um, sure. And no one has been like, you know what? If we all work together, then we all get a bit of an easier time until Motivational Michael points that out.
0: Motivational Michael. Yeah. That's good for me.
1: The council finally heads to the chapel to find the book that JK told them about. And in a great bustle article I found, they call this book Harry Potter and the Child Labor Violation. Yep, and then the old haha book that someone made definitely made last week. Uh, so bad. The advice is to divide into teams, with each of the four council members leading one district. Cool, sound. That's never going to backfire. This is the point at which I'm like, all right, great. So we are going to divide into teams. So immediately, it's going to be an us versus them mentality and partisan mentality that we've created. Secondly, what if the town council was like, nah.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, well, they did pick four kids who I feel are not that, not going to stand up to anything.
1: But I, it's Um, like, obviously the presence of the adult is, is omnipresent. Like obviously they're on the fringes of every single shot because these kids don't actually get to make any decisions about how their society is going to be run And And really all you
0: need to do to to get them back into place is say, well, if you don't do these specific tasks, you won't get money and you won't be able to buy anything.
1: Or give them three different forms of government and be like, you choose, you know, but no, we're going to immediately create like this divisive class system. Um, yeah. and it's going to be based on colors. That's fun. That's what kids understand. So absolutely. The kids sit, the four council members sit and pick their districts. Like they're picking softball teams. Like who's going to live in my district. And they kind of do it by age. The two younger council members end up with younger teams kind than two older of, council yeah. members end up with older teams. And it's like, wait, you're talking about districts and you're talking about bunking. Like, can't they just stay where they already live? Why are you gerrymandering the districts?
0: Just it's, that's, just, that's, that's their way. But they're and it gonna, doesn't make any sense that the blue team gets both of the the biggest kids yeah, because, because they're they, friends. Yeah,
1: they don't want to separate friends.
0: That's some that's some bullshit Which spelling bee. Which is be. like, oh god, that's okay. There are bullshit. only forty
1: kids here. Let's try to make these equitable. No green, uh, yellow is going to be all the youngest kids. Cool, cool, cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. The Greens green going to be anybody with a very thick accent from wherever they're <laughs> right. from. Laurel picks green because she's a hundred and five
1: <laughs> uh, thousand percent Irish. Irish. <laughs> so they tell the kids. Who's on what district? And everyone's kind of happy with it because they did keep all the friends together. So everyone's pretty happy Hmm. with it. And the green team is led by Wahlberg. They immediately lose Jimmy, the youngest kid in town. Jimmy. Immediately lose him.
0: Cutest, most adorable little (laughs) meltdown. (laughs) He's just like. He's off in some quarter somewhere, just like sobbing, doing the. <laughs>
1: he's dirty and crying, and he's hiding behind a dilapidated building. It looks like it's about to fall on him, and I'm like, "What am I watching? What am I watching? Am I the?" And
0: monster? then he picks up a. Then he picks up a shoe and eats it because there's no food. No, uh, yeah, he's he's having a little breakdown, and again, he's eight years old. At eight years old, if I got like in, if I was in a different aisle in a grocery store from my parents, I would have freaked the fuck out. I had no life skills at that point. Yes,
1: and he so, says that. He's like, I'm too young to be, I'm in the third he grade. He does. I'm too young and to be. And he's human. right.
0: He's like, I'm eight. <laughs> what am I doing here?
1: It's, it's it's day two bonkers. I already hate everything about this it's
0: bonkers that they are letting a kid call out what's wrong with the show that the kid is on
1: They haven't I even, shouldn't be
0: here they
1: haven't even established the class system yet in which I'm going to end up being a peasant I don't even know yeah. about that yet so the way the Wahlberg gets him to come back to the bunk with her is by promising to be both of his parents and do all of the emotional labor that adults should be doing in this town Absolutely. Dear God. So, of course...
0: A, I'll be a Donnie and your Monk.
1: <laughs> as soon as teams are divided, interteam pranks begin. Uh, without a, any other prank. trouble to get into uh, for the moment, uh. Greg and his pal Blaine, who's the other oldest kid, write... Is that f- his name? Blaine, yeah. They, they write blue all over town in chalk under cover of darkness. And the other yeah. kids are pissed. And I was like, like, I'm just surprised they didn't draw dicks. Quite frankly, they're 15, so
0: truly, they could have drawn anything, and they wouldn't. Probably, producers suggested, "Hey, don't draw dicks. Just write blue or something like that." And this is the gentlest of vandalism. It's like I put I put chalk on this wood. It's gonna take you two seconds to exactly. wipe it off.
1: Exactly. The kids are so but pissed though when they
0: wake up. Yeah, the next morning, people are fucking apoplectic. They're like, "Move!" <laughs> Who did this? Who wrote blue? Who? Could, what team could have there been from? Hey, wait a second. Somebody's written blue on this incredibly high place. Who could have? It's like <laughs> it fucking Encyclopedia yeah. Brown was not picked for Kid Nation.
1: <laughs> no, it, it takes glasses all of five minutes quizzing some younger kids to find out who's responsible. And he is yeah. not taking this lightly. By golly. Fuck. And okay. of course,
0: this kid's good at getting to the bottom of the fucking who did the funny thing and making <laughs> right. sure they pay for it. Also worth pointing out right now, in a bit of a throwaway moment, but like lingered on just enough, the kids are like, hey, the outhouse smells terrible.
1: <laughs> right. And the singular realize, outhouse.
0: Yeah. There's one outhouse for all 40 children. Who, admittedly, haven't eaten anything in twelve hours, but <laughs>
1: but again, it's I'm 40 like forty kids. You know that the adults are not using that outhouse, so they have poured a potty somewhere that the kids are not allowed to use across yeah. the uh, across from the medical tent. The kids are not allowed to use next to the craft services buffet. The kids are not allowed to access. So when you think about all the things the adults are doing just off camera, like it makes it so dark. The fact that not only are these kids out here. It's just like their parents have signed waivers that include death. And so that's all fine. But the the adults are not sharing their hardships. They just get to watch this army of people producing this show based around their misery live a relatively comfortable lifestyle while they all 40 of them share one outhouse.
0: And look, I don't need to get into it too much. We can use our imaginations here. But this is 40 kids having just eaten 40 going away (laughs) meals. This outhouse is full of the healthy, most potent shits in America right now. And 40 of those healthy shits. One of the kids is like, we need to cordon this off. We need to make sure that people know not to go into this outhouse. And I believe him. I think it's like, yeah, that's probably the shittiest shit smell you've ever, ever smelled.
1: But also there's no alternative. So you can't, no. you can't put a biohazard tape around <laughs> it. Like it's the only place that people can use. So, Jared okay. says
0: he hope he doesn't have to poop the entire time that he's <laughs> yeah. here because he's not going in there.
1: Yeah. Okay, Jared. Or in the vaults. <laughs> So, day three has dawned. JK, our adult host, has rejoined us. He's ringing the town bell. The kids assemble, and I wrote, I hope he's here to give a sex ed talk. And as if to prove my point, Greg immediately tries to enlist eight-year-old Jimmy as his new wingman. And I was like... This is
0: fantastic. This is (laughs) the only moment that I laughed out loud at. So, JK has assembled this group and he's talking about like, hey, so it looks like you had a tough, tough night. Today's going a little bit better. And then he talks about like the fact that Taylor... And Jimmy are thinking about going home. Jimmy is like, I'm homesick. And he's crying. And Greg tries to do this thing where it's like, I'll be your buddy so you'll feel better about it. And Greg is standing behind Jimmy. And Jimmy is crying. And Greg says, hey, do you want to be my wingman? And Jimmy says, who is that? And Greg says, Greg. And he says, no. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately. It's the funniest thing there's the timing is impeccable do you want to be my wingman who is that greg no
1: No. (laughs) the other kids laugh
0: jimmy that's that's there's some foreshadowing here jimmy fucking hates greg (laughs) it's fantastic jimmy at one point has the youngest kid and the oldest kid yep and he is like greg's mean and stupid (laughs) i love it i love this rivalry because you know who's winning the rivalry? is the little fucking kid. He is blowing this kid out of the water. He fucking zinged the shit not, out of him. When he's the not
1: game. fucking crying and having a meltdown and hating his life. I feel
0: like that makes it even more poignant that he is getting the better of this 15-year-old. All I'm year saying old. is
1: Greg is on cloud nine. Greg is basically like, at 15 years old, old enough to not yeah. be scared to be here. And yeah. really thriving in a uh, Bonanza City. So, So, JK has come to share with us um, yet more ways that the producers have decided this town will be structured, that were not up to the kids. He has created yep. a board with jobs written out on it, a spreadsheet, if you will. Yep. And he explains that these are all the jobs that need to get done in town. The kids will get paid for doing their jobs, and they can use what they get paid to buy stuff in stores that will be opened up. Fun twist, right. though, each of the four districts will become a class... And each class will have assigned jobs, and each of those jobs will pay vastly different wages. And the yep. upper class mm-hmm. gets paid for doing nothing.
0: Yeah, gets they paid don't the have most to do anything for doing no choice. They can pitch in where they want to. And I have never felt in this late capitalist uh, nightmare that we're currently living in. I have never felt so seen in my life, where it's yeah. like this is this is this is too on the nose if this show had been more popular, there might have been a revolution.
1: <laughs> it's basically like create your own society kids. As long as it's capitalism with built in class tension.
0: It's upsetting. Cause they're just like, here's the board and here's economic disparity. Uh, so you kids can learn about that right away. And yeah. it's the best system we have.
1: And to determine who gets the job, they're going to have a showdown district against district, mm-hmm. which is basically like it's supposed to be about leadership, but it's basically going to be physical stuff. Yeah. Sports-y stuff. They don't explain during this episode that they'll get to do this every couple of days and the classes will, every district can be any of the classes. They can reset the whole class system every couple of days. They don't explain that in this episode. So when these kids finish this challenge and they find out where in society they rank, they fully expect to do that for 40 days.
0: Which makes sense. And honestly... I'm surprised because uh, that that uh, when they ask who wants to go home at the end of this episode that every member of the low class doesn't just raise their hand. What? Their job is cleaning and cleaning out the outhouses done. I'm out. Yeah. That's hauling it for me. Stuff. See you later. Hauling stuff. So yeah, let's go down. Upper class, no responsibilities. The merchant class uh, runs the stores and they get paid like 50 cents yep. a day or whatever it is. Below that is the cook, the cooks. Yeah, chucks. the cooks.
1: They're in charge of cooking and doing dishes.
0: And doing dishes. And then there's the lower class, which are in charge of hauling things and cleaning out the latrines. And they get a penny a day. No, they get 10, ten, cents, ten a day. cents.
1: Yeah. They, each, everyone gets paid in Buffalo nickels. nickels so yeah. they get paid in fives. So it's 10 cents, 25 cents, 50 cents and a dollar. The upper class gets a dollar for doing jack shit. The showdown turns to be turns out to be a sort of convoluted thing about pumping colored water out of like makeshift it's, oil derricks yeah. and filling up glass bottles and you have 60 minutes to fill up the bottles and the twist is you know the first place, second place, third place fourth place finishes will determine your ranking in society. But if the whole, if the, all four teams complete this challenge in an hour, they get a big mystery reward for the whole town. And this will be a feature in all these showdowns throughout the season. And there are weeks where they whiff it and they don't get whatever the big yeah. reward was supposed to be.
0: This is an all right little twist on this because the the challenge itself looks like they were like, I don't know what can we steal from a double dare set? And just make into a challenge. It's right. convoluted. It's weird.
1: Yeah, they have to like follow a map, but they also have yeah. to haul this big thing everywhere. And there's like, they're getting soaked, like in true Double Dare fashion.
0: Right. And, and the time limit, which they do complete it within, is an hour. And like after this, the kids are just like soaked and miserable and like clearly worn out. So they've taken like this entire hour to complete a task. It must yeah, have just they've... been grueling.
1: Yeah, and they've also mentioned before that they're cold. So now they're cold yep. and, and and wet, wet. and yep. and they also don't. There's a point at which only one team needs to finish in order for them to all get the reward, and it's coming down to the last minute, and none of the other kids run over to help. And I, I they must, that have must been have been an intervention, though, because yeah, there's must no have been reason. Like, like you've already yeah. achieved your place in the class structure. Go help the green team finish. So. You would think that because blue has uh, the the two biggest boys in town, they would be in the lead. They would win. And they were in the lead for most of it. But then red comes back strong and ultimately wins. Blue takes second, followed by yellow and then green.
0: Spelling Bee makes a, a mistake about where to follow the map. And that sets them back enough for the red team to win. So good news, everybody, that uh, shit heel, uh who we can't <laughs> stand, uh, is in the upper class. Yeah. What? But- that president what? glasses
1: That's president for president life
0: glasses um glasses but glasses kushner
1: <laughs> right so the town reward comes down to seven more outhouses or a tv once again so easy to have the kids vote on this but instead yeah. they send nope. the council members the four council members away to make the decision for the entire town and three of the four of them are like outhouses obviously we want we get eight outhouses uh, up to eight (laughs) from one and of course glasses wants the tv he admits because he just really misses watching tv
0: yeah fuck this guy forever
1: (laughs) um but ultimately they choose the outhouses
0: luckily like i was i was watching this and i'm like are they gonna choose the television which is tiny
1: and probably black and white and like no more than three kids could watch this and see it at the same time so it'd be a source of constant fighting
0: Exactly. And you're only going to get fucking CBS on there. You know, <laughs> oh my God. Know. You're so
1: right. You're so right. Ultimately, <laughs> get. they choose the outhouses and the kids are stoked. The rest of the kids are you know super pumped.
0: Super stoked is Jared. He was worried that <laughs> waiting too long in line for the outhouse might hurt your colon.
1: He Who is say, this
0: kid? <laughs> Who is? A that's, a, that's a direct quote. He's like, waiting too long, it could hurt your colon. And it's like, what are you... This is a small man who has (laughs) snuck onto the set.
1: Get the small man out of here. So day four dawns, and Wahlberg, whose lips have very chapped at this point, and I keep What the (laughs) fuck? Every
0: time I see this woman, it looks like somebody new has punched her directly in the mouth.
1: (laughs) I just want to give her some chapstick, but I guess they don't don't have that in the Wild West. But she tells us that everyone has been assigned jobs within their classes the next morning, and we cut to the Yellow District, the youngest kids led by Pageant, who have been assigned the job of cooks. And we then cut to Sophia to see, since she's been cooking, how she feels about having, kicked, yeah. having been kicked out of the kitchen. And she says, Spoiler, they don't, <laughs> right, she's pissed. She says, they don't believe in the cookbook. And I'm like, oh, shit. They're and just she doing says, whatever. <laughs> and then she says, sometimes I just feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of dumb people. And I change my ticket to Sophia Michael 2020.
0: Yeah, that's true. Greg can be a good secretary of state. I think. Put him in the cabinet, secretary of (laughs) energy. That's where you put somebody like that. Right. So, um, and Yellow decides that they're not going to do the dishes, which Sophia takes them to task about. She's like, "You should clean while you're doing this. Look at your your everything's." Everything's getting ruined. Yeah. So then we go to Blue, the merchant class. Well, hold on. They- I had
1: another note about breakfast. Well, two more, which is that it looks inedible to me. It is all beige. It oh, seems yeah. to be totally bread-based, but the kids are into it. They say it's great. And then when they reveal, the, the yellow team reveals, not only have they not done the dishes, but they are never going to do the dishes. And pageant is like, I'm a beauty queen. I don't do dishes. I wrote, "Truly, who's in charge of pest and rodent control on this yeah, set? I'm because- assuming
0: the green team will, it will fall to them and <laughs> <in> their duties. <laughs> also duties. Uh, so then we go to the blue team, which is starting their day as the merchant class. And they are literally kids in a candy shop. And yep. then they're literally kids in a toy shop. And then their kids in a saloon shop. So there's three places where they will conduct business to a place that's just fucking candy.
1: Yep. Um, Just candy.
0: At which Jared, the tiny Jewish man, (laughs) is going to buy the most expensive item, which is a huge, like, a a crag of dark chocolate. And I'm like, what are we doing? Why is that on offer?
1: He's in the, the upper class, so he got a dollar mm. this morning to spend, and he goes for that hunk of dark chocolate because it is the most expensive thing in the store, and he buys it, and someone says, off camera, he just spent my whole salary, like, on... Yeah. <laughs> on it's,
0: it's very <laughs> revealing. You're hearing a lot of what Bernie Sanders has been saying for a while <laughs> so now. so
1: true. So the dry goods <laughs> store, there's a candy store and the the prices are like 1885 prices dry goods store has games toys tools books which is great because the kids clearly thank goodness they didn't Blow their reward on a TV when they were just one night's sleep away from getting things to entertain themselves with. True. And then the saloon, which is like sodas and root beer and stuff. Yeah. And I wrote, So we're just renaming it Juvenile Diabetesville, right? Because sure. they're eating nothing but bread, candy, and soda.
0: I thought that's what Bonanza meant. I thought it was a <laughs> Spanish word for the sugars.
1: <laughs> so, so, so cut back to Sophia, my yeah. favorite. She's a laborer now. She makes 10 cents a day, but she has mm. noticed that there is a bike that's in the store and it's $3. So she has already hauled a bunch of stuff, cleaned latrines, done a bunch of things. They, they yelled have, at the cooks, which is not cooks. her job. They have to do some shit with the animals, I think with their laborers. But she is like, all right, I want that. I want that bike. So she starts busking for nickels in the middle of main street. Very yep. enterprising. <laughs> Also, Very this is much. basically my entire career summed up. Sophia is the Wild West's first freelance artist with a sucky day job. It's truly it's day four. It only took Kid Nation to come up with freelance artists. Day Here's four. Here's the note
0: that I wrote. Here's the note that I wrote down. At some point, Glasses comes up to her and tells her she'd be able to afford the bike now if she hadn't bought so many uh, avocado toasts and just pulled <laughs> herself up by the bootstraps. Yes. Yes. She's spoiled. Sophia <laughs> is spoiled.
1: She fucking um, raises the money. She gets the money in one day. She gets $3 in nickels to go buy this fucking bike. And now I'm just like nuts. Warren Sophia 2020. Like that's where I am at this yeah. point. <laughs> I love this kid. So Glasses and but, Spelling Bee have a tête-à-tête about the gold oh, sure. star. They yeah. got to present it tomorrow. They clearly all forgot that they have to pick a kid for this thing. Oh, wait, we can't
0: let this go by without saying we've we've talked about every other class here. Let's just mention very quickly that the red class immediately devolves into hedonistic celebration. They're just like, oh, we yeah. don't have to work. I'm buying a, a piece of chocolate the size of my torso. And the rest of them are just like, I'll buy whatever the fuck I want. It's it's. Yeah.
1: No one has told them. They take to it
0: very quickly.
1: Immediately, but also no, because, you know, they're children. They don't plan for the future. Yeah. But also mm-hmm. no one has told them that the classes are going to change every couple of days. So they have no idea that they could be saving this money. Not right. like, you know, um, not to make this uh, less of an escape <laughs> than it is. But I was just reading today that, like, the stimulus checks, the tax rebates that most of us got have not. Restimulated stimulated the economy because people are saving them because people are worried. Yeah. Don't and, don't have unless money. unless you put that money right back into the economy, it doesn't really stimulate anything. Um, yeah. So these kids are very good at stimulating the, uh, the economy in Kid Nation because they don't know you're anything right. about saving and no one has told them that you might not be getting a dollar every day for the entire time you're here.
0: Chelsea, I'm going to pause real quick and uh, get online real quick to find myself a $1,200 piece of dark chocolate. (laughs) You have changed my mind. I'm going to get that. I'm going to put on some glasses and talk about how I hope this doesn't affect my colon. Uh, Oh, my
1: God.
0: (laughs) Truly. Oh, imagine how many bootlegged packages of Rocky Road Trip Oreos I could find. Oh, my gosh.
1: Three Three of them.
0: (laughs) They are expensive. So, uh, so so
1: glasses and Spelling Beast are talking about this gold star because it's got to go out tomorrow. Obviously, they both think Sophia should get it. Sophia's been given the winner's edit so far this episode. Um, The only other person... That comes up is Wahlberg votes for Michael, but she says it's still anybody's game. Pageant Mm -hmm. doesn't even know if she wants to stay. She keeps talking about maybe she'll leave tomorrow. Um, So the next morning, the most Lord of the Flies thing that happens on this episode happens, which is that three of the little kids, the nine-year-olds and eight-year-old Jimmy, go hunting jackrabbits with sharpened sticks, Mm
0: -hmm. which is
1: just exactly what happens in Lord of the Flies when people start dying.
0: I'm gonna hunt the beast. Uh it's actually this is one of my favorite moments, because Jimmy is still wondering whether or not he's going to stay. Uh, and the two kids are trying to convince him. It's like, hey, you're pretty mature. You're just you grown up. You should stick around. And one of them says, Hey, look around. You're hunting jackrabbits <laughs> with 10 year olds. And I'm like, that is a that is a fine argument right there. <laughs> if I was eight and like ten year olds had anything to do with me, I'd be like must be doing something right. Yeah.
1: They're, uh, they keep throwing these sticks at this rabbit because clearly they have not thought it through to the point where if they actually accidentally hit this rabbit, someone's going to have oh. to skin it and dress it before it can be cooked. This has not no, entered no, their minds.
0: That won't, no, that won't happen, Chelsea. It'll also, just be 40 children crying <laughs> over a dead rabbit.
1: Also, the cooks are 10, so food poisoning for everyone because I'm sure they don't mm-hmm. have a meat thermometer or any uh, expertise in cooking a wild game. Um, but... As these three boys are standing around with their sticks, and they're trying to convince Jimmy to stay, and some girls start coming down the hill, and they scream about how manly they are, and then, in the words of Monty Python, they bravely ran away.
0: They did bravely run away. They're like, this is man's time, and then they're out. <laughs>
1: and then they ran. So finally, I mean, in the it, as much as this adheres to any format known to man, we are approaching the Inmost oh,
0: Cave. Hey, can I give you a quick award? I'm going to give you the gold star for being brave and trying to loop Joseph Thank Campbell you. into this ongoing horror show of a reality show. I
1: mean, I did my best. So we're now approaching the Inmost Cave. J.K. is back ringing a different bell. He's got lots of bells. Welcoming the kids to the first town hall meeting. Um, so now we're going to find out who might want to go home. Maybe there will be a town council election for next week or something, I hoped. Who knows? Um, I, I first, thought
0: I thought for sure this will be the opportunity to shake anything up, and it's not.
1: Right? It's not.
0: Like, yeah.
1: First order of business. Kids are asked if they're happy with the job their town council is doing. Most of them say yes, but Sophia mutinies, and she stands up, and she starts talking about the dishes, and pageant is like, we're doing our best. And it's like, no, you, you sat there and said you were not going to wash dishes, so you're not doing your best. Yeah. And then Sophia phrases it this way. The dishes need to be washed. If that's not the council's fault, then they're doing a great job. If that is the council's fault, then I have a little problem with the council. That's real good. It's It's real good. It's so good. good! It's some
0: bitchy. It's... The coolest way to say I'd like to speak to your manager, Town Council.
1: And then Pageant tries to deflect, but then she mutters under her breath that Sophia only cares about herself. And I wrote, "There goes your twenty k, Sophia. You don't even know." <laughs>
0: I thought that was I thought that was going to do it. I was like, "Oh!" But they have clearly decided before this who's going to get the star. They yes, so. J.K., the host, uh, says, hey, it's gold star time, you know, and and the council pretends they're making up their mind at the table in the phoniest of baloney.
1: Wait, there's one thing that happens before that, though. Motivational Michael gets up and gives another great speech. And instead of outright saying the council sucks, what he says is the council should get to know all the kids. So when you're bossing us around, it comes from a place of friendship, basically, and Lord. the crowd the crowd goes wild for him. They
0: clap for this dude.
1: Yeah, for they real. love him, and Wahlberg agrees. And she says, "We will try to lead you better and make sure everyone is working." And da 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 da. da. And so everyone's just like, "Yeah, man, Michael, he's great." Um, so now this is the supreme ordeal. J.K. asks oh. if anyone wants to. Wait, hold on.
0: Yeah, you're right. This is what's next.
1: Yeah. The Supreme Ordeal, JK asks if anybody wants to abandon the town. And I wrote, How do I volunteer to abandon this <laughs> town? You um, just push
0: stop on the on the on Play, right. you know. Just, they cut you just to, closed YouTube.
1: They just close YouTube. They cut to, to pageant and she says, she's been here four days, five days. These kids are yeah. my family now, and this is Ugh. where I need to be for the next thirty-six days and i wrote good luck i can already tell you're going to need a lot of attention to be a total nightmare when you don't get it which from what i've read about the rest of the series she is she becomes the reality show diva villain she at one point yells at some girl to shave her unibrow she's a little Yikes. child <laughs> i know
0: oh
1: boy. um and then Jimmy raises his hand and I wrote, he free to, Jimmy, like, I'm free out. Jimmy.
0: Here's my favorite thing. So they, they, Jimmy, Jimmy's like, I want to leave. And the host has already said, this is not, you can't take it back. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I know I'm gone. And he's like, I'm just really homesick. I want to go. The kids try to convince him a little bit, but Jimmy is adamant. And J.K.'s like, hey, you know, let's put a positive spin on this. You had your time here. You did a good job. Everybody claps for him. And then it looks like they just send him out into the desert. Uh, (laughs) He's like, just head out that way. Keep walking until the coyotes get you. But I do want to point this out. (laughs) You'll barely be a snack. I do want to point this out. As he's leaving in the great Greg Jimmy shade throwing contest, Jimmy gets in. One last little move. He's walking down the aisle.
1: Shoulder checks, Greg.
0: Almost, almost. <laughs> He's walking down the aisle and kids are clapping and some of them are holding out their hands to high-five him. And Greg is in the last row uh, on the aisle. And as Jimmy walks by him, he dodges out of the way. <laughs> so that in a way that it was like, if you were even going to ask me to high-five you, I will not do <laughs> And Greg isn't. He's not holding up his hand. He's like, eh, it's fine. Bye. And, and Jimmy's like, no, I won't high five you. And then he's out. He's out of our lives forever. He's, it, he's but
1: it's, bailed again, on this nightmare. Yeah, is, so his, good for his, Jimmy. He's
0: won. So we called Jimmy the winner of this episode. <laughs> yes, truly. this is
1: the reward. The reward consequences. Jimmy mm-hmm. uh, gets the biggest reward of all, which is that he gets to go home. But then someone else gets a reward, which is that oh. the council is going to decide who gets the gold star. And this is the only time that this will actually be a pure decision based on work. Because as soon as they give it out, even if they don't tell the kids it's worth money, just yeah. kids and a gold star, a trophy.
0: Oh, They'll and immediately the start sucking week. up
1: to the council. Yeah.
0: The next the promo for next week, uh, which I caught a little bit of, Greg's like, I'm going to get that gold star. And it's like, cool. So it, it's all over. Yeah. It's, so now it's campaigning. Now, now it's lobbying. Yeah. There's, they've made it impossible for this show to be about people working for the better, the betterment of yeah, their society. They really,
1: they, it would have been actually way more interesting if they had, if they had not turn them completely loose with no idea about anything because they're Mm. too young but if they had given them three options for their society even but no they don't so uh, they give the trophy to Sophia which I really appreciate because she has been working super hard and she kept everyone from starving for two days and then she gets up and she says thank you and she apologizes for being bossy and I'm like dude bossy saves lives like she says I'll try to do better and it's like dude you're already the only one acting in any way that's like helpful to other people right now um, but then she gets told that the star is worth money and she kind of like can't conceive of it because it's too much Yeah, well it's $20,000 and yeah. she's what, 13,
0: 14, something 14. like that?
1: yeah. 14.
0: 14. I couldn't imagine all of the sudden having that. It's also, you can tell that she's looking for like the twist of it. She's like, this is worth $20,000. And it's mine to keep like she's looking for what the loophole is. And and you can tell it's like, do I have to protect this for the rest of the show?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Can someone
0: steal this from me? Does Um, that in any way affect
1: tomorrow when I can't afford the 10 cent candy that I need? No, this is for after the show. Cool. I'm going to have somebody
0: I'm going to pay somebody $20,000 to ride my bicycle around (laughs) the entire episode.
1: Ride me around on my bicycle. So now we get to the the healing of the community such that it exists in this episode. Sure. The second part of, or the third part, the first part is the trophy itself. The second part is the money. The third part of the gold star is that she gets to call her parents, which none right. of these kids have gotten to do. And this is the thing that she is actually the most excited about. She like runs out of the town hall meeting. She calls her mom and she's crying. Her mother who signed a waiver that said it was okay if she died on set seems very happy for her. The other kids are happy for her, lots of hugs. The other kids are like, we're going to work harder. And glasses tells us that morale has skyrocketed. Yeah. And then I wondered if the council could award one of their own the gold star. Um That's I not going to come up. Um and then they uh, the show, the this episode ends with them doing root beer shots to Bonanza City. Um Yeah. And the end of the promo for week two ends with the little girl sadly shaking her head and saying, "What's happening to this town?" And I fucking guffawed. It was right
0: the, so dark. Yes, truly. And again, they—they they really just got a lot of kids just saying, "Like we're all doomed. We're <laughs> going to die here." They won't be able to find my brittle bones when I've been picked (laughs) clean by vultures. Tiny
1: brittle bones. Uh,
0: I want to say, though, that this moment with Sophia at the end where she's running to go talk to her mother, like for that little moment, I was like, all right, this is fine. Like, this is okay television.
1: Sure, yes. The moment she gets to call eh, her mom, that's heartwarming. Yeah.
0: When you give a child $20,000 and she calls her mom, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I guess you could, if you built up to this, sure, this moment's okay. But the rest of it's a nightmare. And as though it's some sort of David Lynchian comment on the entirety of this project. They start rolling the credits and it's these two kids trying to whip each other in the face with their bandanas.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Like it goes into the promo pretty quickly, but it's just these two kids like swinging their bandanas at each other. And I'm like, Standing what is happening? Standing on
1: a pile of dirt. On these pile of, of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> these are the kids that it's can't true. afford toys. So I was angry a lot watching this. And sometimes that That's anger right? was directed at children. And I'm not proud of myself, but at least I didn't make this show. Um, Yeah, we
0: could always be proud of ourselves that we didn't have anything to do with this.
1: And it's like the producers thought, let's put kids in danger that feels real to them and film their real suffering. We're not going to let any of them die. But what if the people at home thought they might die? Wouldn't that be fun? And of course, this was shot during the WGA writer's strike. Like, by the time they got to the finale of this thing, it was... Prime Rider Strike time, which is when a lot of reality show spaghetti got thrown at the wall. And um, I didn't need to watch any more episodes to know the entire history of how the show went down because someone on Wikipedia was very concerned that this be memorialized and has put a very thorough breakdown of everything that happened in every episode, Tracks every kid in the game breaks down who won gold stars. If they switched districts, which they were allowed to do at some point, if they left before day 40, which three kids did and what class each district held on which days, which switched every single week. And actually most of the time, the blue district was the upper class, even though every district was the upper class, at least twice. Um, also, do you
0: have the other two kids who left? What, which, which other two kids left?
1: We didn't meet them this episode.
0: Okay. That's fine.
1: Um, each kid got $5,000 for their involvement. And in the final episode, in addition so they're giving out gold stars every episode. And in the final episode, they give three gold stars that are worth 50 K each. Oh my. And Sophia won one of those. As well. And she was appointed sheriff in episode 11. So Sophia's the real real champion. She's the MVP of Kid Nation for me. Truly is. The show was also super controversial at the time that it was shot and advertised and I have a ton of stuff about that but um, I want to know if you remember any of that from that time period I just remember
0: it being promoted in a very realistic way that made everybody concerned it was clearly promoted to be like hey this is a shocking thing that we're doing what a weird social experiment and then it just wasn't very popular like I, I remember seeing clips of it on the soup at the time
1: uh-huh. like, I'm <laughs> yes. sure they were
0: all about Jared talking about (laughs) colon health Uh, but no it's it it was a weird that's the way the reality shows started though in a weird sort of like survivor man uh the british and australian show was the the first one that caught on big and we did survivor and so for a long time reality shows were like well they have to have a competitive element because that's what's interesting and then they realized getting very mildly insane people together and having them argue was actually the interesting part.
1: Most television critics wrote negative reviews of the show at the time. Um, In reviewing this pilot episode, Washington Post columnist Tom Shales suggested the show is not so much an exercise in socialization as the indoctrination of children into consumer culture. At the time, there were a bunch of people concerned, like uh, William Coleman, a professor of pediatrics at University of North Carolina, argued that the younger children might not be able to deal with the stress of this. Like, even if they were never in physical danger, mentally, this could be so stressful that they would have um, permanent sort of uh, problems if they didn't. uh, And they could be pressured into doing this by a parent, even if they didn't really want to, or staying by a parent, even if they didn't really want to. Los Angeles Times writer Maria Elena Fernandez had reported extensively on the show from before the premiere all the way through the end. And she interviewed a bunch of kids who said that um, most of them said that they would willingly repeat the experience and the most challenging aspect was getting used to being filmed constantly. So it's almost like, We're going to put them in these, quote, wild westy challenges and ignore how challenging it is to just be on a reality show, period. We're going to act like that's not stressful and that's not part of this. Um, But also, uh, according to that AMA that Motivational Michael did, he said that the adults often interfered to cause more drama. So not only did they not leave the kids alone to see what would happen. Oh, great.
0: That's they fantastic. did
1: They did things like, he says, there's an episode about trash disposal. We had been disposing of trash ourselves efficiently up to that point. They brought trash in and dumped it all over town and then told us we had to take care of our massive trash problem. So
0: this was just kid torture. There's like no two ways about it. This was like, let's put kids in an emotionally mentally physically and somehow politically and economically (laughs) traumatizing situation and just see what happens
1: yeah we're not even gonna i haven't even started talking about the lawsuits yet
0: oh of course
1: the production was faced several lawsuits first of all aftra um thought that it had violated its fair practices for network television broadcasting code because union rules normally govern Everything about working hours, compensation, stuff like that. The producers said that these were not actors; they're subjects in a documentary, so they don't have to adhere to these these um, strictures. But after it in- investigated it, um, some parents on hand for the final day of filming accused the producers of feeding kids lines, recasting dialogue, and repeating scenes all of which suggest that the kids function as actors. If you're going to give them direction, make them redo scenes, then they're actors. They're not subjects in a documentary. And then there was um, uh, questions about the appropriate minimum age of participants in a reality show. And this production took place before New Mexico tightened its regulations governing governing the number of hours a child actor can work. And Tom Foreman... Actually said that part of the reason they said it in New Mexico is because California and New York have very strict child labor laws and New Mexico at of the time course. didn't. And they had declared the set a summer camp rather than a place of employment when oh, they fantastic. filed for their work permits. Yeah, yeah. This is a
0: nightmare, Chelsea. Yes, <laughs> I know. This show is a nightmare. <laughs> I
1: know. And then an 11-year-old, Divad Miles, was burned when grease splattered onto her face while she was cooking a meal, and her mother filed a complaint calling for an investigation, which was investigated by the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office, but found no criminal wrongdoing on the part of the production company, even though there was an adult, quote, uh, chef present in the kitchen at all times who did mm. not intervene when this kid was like cooking around hot oh grease.
0: God. Uh,
1: yep. It's just all, it's all bad. And remember how I was concerned about teen pregnancy? That was oh in yeah. the fucking waiver. This is the part of the waiver that goes into it. I, I almost, un- I,
0: I'm, you can't see me, uh, <laughs> folks at home, but I gasped. And if I had had pearls, would have clutched them.
1: Would have clutched them. This is from the waiver. I understand that if the minor chooses to enter into an intimate relationship with another participant Ugh. or any other person, I hereby assume any and all risks that may be associated with any relationship, including without limitation, emotional distress, illness, sexually transmitted disease, HIV, and pregnancy. That technically reads <sighs> as, if one of the fucking cameramen gets my 15-year-old daughter that's, pregnant, That's the
0: thing. CBS yeah, that's isn't very... liable. Oh my God, that's very... That's, that's, what's it's, the word? Sinister. That's sinister, sinister the way that that's worded. Yes. Ugh. It's like they yeah. were like, well, you know, we're going to have to say something about the kids having sex, but let's protect any potential let's make pedophiles sure.
1: as well. Um, yeah. Also, there is one allegation that a bunch of kids straight up drank bleach from an unmarked soda bottle. Uh, And that was uh, part of uh, a lawsuit or a claim. The show was never no lawsuits ever were brought to court. All this was sort of like filed and then and settled. Um, Several kids required medical attention after that incident, according to uh, some parents. And um, sorry, there's a couple more horrible things.
0: No, I'm, I'm. I've got. N- I'm nothing else that I want to hear right now, other than what terrible things happen <laughs> right. to these children.
1: <laughs> so, a state, a, according to CBS's West Coast Legal Office, a mm-hmm. state labor department inspector visited the set of the show unannounced during the production and oh toured it and found no violations. But a spokesman for the New Mexico State Labor Department said that the inspector was not allowed onto the site and left without being able to inspect anything. So wow. he showed up unannounced, and they turned him away from the set. Um, but CBS's official position is that they broke no laws. They say they feel very comfortable that everything was appropriate from a legal point of view, which <laughs> sure. is the the most uh, smug way of saying all the parents signed waivers. Yeah. Though the children spent six weeks away from school in April and May, the end of the school year, though the children spent six weeks away from school in April and May, no tutors were present on the set. And though many states limit the number of hours children can work in a day on television That's, productions, yeah. Foreman says the children set their own hours.
0: That's They're so prohibitive. The, the children hours are so prohibitive. That's why you'll see shows, especially in the 80s and 90s, that have very small children actors. They're played by twins, so they can, you know... Have each kid on for its you know allotted two or four hours, exactly. whatever it is, and
1: they always have onset tutors. All those shows yeah. with child actors have onset tutors, and this was this show seems to have been not negligent but calculating in its sinister treatment of these children. Yeah, from saying, where they saying, set the thing, they declared it a summer camp. Like, what the yeah. fuck is this? This is a national nightmare. This is yeah. a blight on the good name of CBS, I guess this is, this is, I got on
0: the, the good name of nations on bonanzas (laughs) kids on kids.
1: (laughs) I could not stop clicking links when I fell down this wormhole of this show. I am retroactively very angry about how this was conducted.
0: It's understandable. It's, it's an, it's, it's just a nightmare. And any, Anybody who says that we did the right thing from a legal standpoint is just saying, we did it in a way so you can't hold us accountable. There's yeah. no morality there. There's no safety issues. It's just, we protected ourselves. Is that yeah, good exactly. enough for you?
1: None we of kids died. I mean, were. some of them drank yeah. bleach, but none of them died.
0: Right. Well, that's a national edict now, so yeah.
1: those kids were no, just ahead of their time. Andy... You're supposed to inject the bleach with the help of a doctor. You're not supposed to I'm drink sorry. it. It's I more, only more nuanced watched, advice I than o-
0: that. Only watched until he said bleach, and then I ran to get bleach <laughs> and just poured it all over myself and into my open, hungry mouth.
1: And you don't have coronavirus, do you? Uh, so clearly... wrong, <laughs> <litards>. <laughs> uh,
0: Reality shows a nightmare. And uh, <laughs> the more you look into it, not just... Uh, Kid Nation, but the more you look into it and its practices, and as I mentioned before, a large part of reality television is gathering a cast of people, real people, who, and this is from numerous documentaries, I'll try to find a source on this, it's just I watched documentaries on it and did some research, and talked to people who, who were in charge of, or these interviews talked with people who were in charge of selecting the people who would be on The Bachelor or VH1's Rock of Love or whatever else right. you're thinking about. <clears throat> and there's a very specific mental disorder that they look for, which has a lot to do with um, narcissism and paranoia. Uh, they look for a very specific narcissistic personality disorder that leads a person to have a a mild break from reality think that they are currently, they think they are constantly being persecuted, but also see themselves as the center of the universe. And that's the person that they get to go on television and you know, they're specifically exploiting a specific mental illness. And I think someday in the distant future we will look back on reality television, like a lot of reality stuff from the past and be like, this was inhumane and and it's disgusting, I yeah. think. for And again, there are obviously exceptions to this. There are merit-based uh, uh, programs like Making It with uh, Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. Uh, I think RuPaul's Drag Race just picks people who do good auditions. Um, but a lot of the romance uh, drama-centric Shows do exploit mental illness in order to get ratings. So just keep that in mind. And in the words of Dana Gould, reality shows, they're people who aren't actors working with people who aren't writers in an amateur production of nothing.
1: Oh, my gosh. If yeah. you want to see a professional production about that amateur production, I really recommend the series Unreal. Unreal. Um, sure. won Peabody Award. I think that's a fantastic representation. It's like a behind-the-scenes fictional take on a Bachelor-type show. Um, fantastic performances, fantastic writing. Talk, they, they talk a lot about, or they show a lot about that mental illness aspect of the stress, people under it, et cetera. Um, yeah. Also, another quick update on Sophia. Just found her on LinkedIn. Yeah. Looks like in 2020, she's set to graduate from Fordham University School of Law.
0: Fucking sure. She's the best. Okay, Sophia, hey, slow down. All right, (laughs) we were impressed when you were cooking biscuits.
1: Uh, Sophia, (laughs) if you're out
0: there and you'd like to be our friends, we think you're the coolest. And (laughs) we'll buy you a $3 bicycle if you hang out with us. Yeah, all the $3 bikes you want. All of them.
1: Oh, God.
0: Just a couple.
1: I don't remember a time before we started talking about Kid Nation.
0: Um, I don't remember the time before I knew as much as I know about Kid Nation. My life's changed forever, much like the lives of the children on this show.
1: Hopefully, for the the better. Not for the better. (laughs) Oh my God! All right. Well, clearly, I wanted to hug Sophia, and I learned that this show was a nightmare trap.
0: Same. Uh, I I did kind of want to hug uh, Jimmy. Just because he really like made no bones about hating that Greg kid, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Sophia gets it there in the end. Uh, what a nightmare of a thing that happened once, uh, thirteen years ago, and we didn't really even notice at the time, and until we looked into it, until Chelsea, you looked into it further. I didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So yeah, all you the know, danger
1: was off screen. Really, it turns it out. It truly was it's just kept being more layers of unpleasantness. Um yep. but I'm glad like, we watched it cuz I was it was fascinating to learn about. Truly. Um, now that everyone's out of danger.
0: Yeah, and and gone on to better things. That's that. We don't know what we're doing next time. Oh. Want thank, to thank uh, Josh. Yeah, thanks again Josh Miller for providing me with snacks. It's not your fault. Um <laughs> <laughs> And I guess that's it for us for today. So we will see you next time.
1: Bring snacks. Bye.